0: Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few reminders before we get started with this episode. Um, go ahead and go over to the Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase for uh, information on the latest episodes when they're posted, uh, shows coming up by bands featured, uh, music videos, and other fun things that I tried to post on a semi-regular basis. Also... If you choose to go on Instagram, check out my personal page at jonathankent.311. A lot of the same information gets posted on there. Um, the music videos, show updates, um, new episodes when they get posted, things of that nature. Also, do yourself a favor and check out This Is Just a Compilation. The first release from mine and Mike Rotomoyer's new label, This Is Just a Record Label. Um, The compilation has 28 tracks by 28 bands and uh, just five dollars with a digital copy and a sticker along with the CD for just five dollars. Also, you can get a digital copy for just three dollars over at this is just a record That being said, Jay, take it away.
1: And you've got no substance There's a hole inside your head With no feeling to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Everyday wake up
0: After a two-week sabbatical, I'm back with a brand-new episode. And this time, the conversation takes place with Alex Retro of the Tampa, Florida pop-punk band, Atomic Treehouse. We chat about how he first discovered punk rock through Tony Hawk Pro Skater and the Ramones through a dub cassette his father gave him. We also chat about the start and career of the band, his cross-country trek to go see MXPX Live in Seattle, preconceived perceptions of our city scenes, how Green Day is hard to play, our mutual dislike of the Blink-182 album Neighborhoods, and so much more. So sit back and get nerdy as we deep dive into this episode of This Is Just a Phase. Here's Atomic Treehouse's latest single called Ghosted.
1: I'm in the middle of being ghosted I just don't know what to do But the risk of getting roasted I'm holding out for you You're on your own that's what they will say, so don't call home. Just let it go today. I'll find a way to say that I don't wanna give
2: up all my hope when i got so much left me. I've
1: waited here for so long and I'm still holding strong. I think I've learned some things. I think I've grown this. Should have snapped but no regrets Not even a bit I'm on a quest So when to deal with it I'll find a way Said I don't wanna give up All my hope when I got so much left me i waited here for so long And i said
0: Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Yeah. So am I, man. Like, uh, um, I'm glad uh, we started having correspondence. I've been following your band for a few years now and um, was super excited that you you were interested in being on.
2: Yeah, totally. And, you know, that's awesome to hear you've been listening a few years. Uh, always looking forward to hearing that people are actually paying attention to what we're doing, you know? <laughs>
0: You know what, and it's so it's so nice now with you know Facebook and uh, the music groups that people put out there, um, and people share music from you know their areas or you know music that they you know buy and want to share. You know label association and all that. They they you know constant. I'm constantly being exposed to so much like great music and you know your band was one of them you know just i don't even know how i first came across you but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was from like one of like the pop punk facebook groups or something like that somebody posted a song of yours and i'm like yeah oh, these be, guys are rad
2: <laughs> i'd be surprised if it was like grim deeds or somebody he's always sharing everybody's stuff which you is awesome of would- him
0: it's either it's either grim deeds or like you know nick spoon or or oh yeah dude nick
2: yeah nick's he's awesome he's a good friend of mine
0: yeah same here me me and nick almost talk every day i mean he's he uh was one of the biggest support people that i had when i first started doing the podcast um because i sat on the idea for for a year you know while the pandemic was going on and uh never like pulled the trigger on doing a podcast and he's like man just fucking do it you know like he was really supportive from the jump and um him and uh uh zach buzzkill were was on uh they were on one of the first episodes that i that i put out
2: yeah and i uh, i'd be amiss if i didn't mention nick spoon's other buddy nick no
0: nick Nick No, a great dude i talked to him too
2: he uh he used to live like an hour from me and I met up with him and his wife one time at a Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, they tried they tried to come see us live several times, but you know the stars just never aligned. So one time I was over in their area, and I was like, "Hey, what are you guys up to? Let's meet up. Let's get some donuts."
0: Yeah, that's funny because you're in Tampa, right? Yeah. And he was in like what Winter Park or something like, like Newport,
2: that, Newport Richie or something. Which Newport are our drummer is in Newport Richie, so when. I'd go over to his house to work on some demos. I was like, "Yeah, what's up?"
0: Oh, that's awesome! I've never been. To, I've never been to Florida, um, cause as you know. I'm in. I'm in Pennsylvania, but um, my dad lived um, for like four or five years. He lived uh, outside of Clearwater. Okay,
2: yeah, Clearwater is a great area. They got like the pier down there and some good bands out there. Uh, if you've heard Twisty, Chris, and the Put In Packs.
0: No, uh, no, I a, have not.
2: <laughs> that's a band we've played a lot of shows with. Um, their lead singer Chris, me and him are good buddies. Hey, Chris, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good. The one thing, I, the one thing I wanted to say to you is, is I'm always looking for new bands, especially from you know, or, or not only looking for bands, but having bands on the podcast from scenes that I don't know much about, and the f- floor when it comes to Florida, like I, I had buddy, I had a buddy of mine who's, who's uh, originally from like the Bradenton area,
1: okay, and
0: uh, she would constantly talk about, you know, the scene down there when she moved to Pennsylvania. Uh, shout out to uh, Jed Delinquent, a longtime friend of mine, um, and she would talk about her scene, you know, talk about the scene down in Florida. But other than that, like I, when I think of Florida, I think of either two things i think of ska and i think of like like uh what is it like like thrash punk
2: (laughs) there's like where i am in tampa it's a lot of metal bands especially like thrash metal and i think i think i read that supposedly thrash metal started in tampa but that's debatable
0: i've heard the same story I'll, i'll i'll tell you a real quick story um When I was 19 years old, I I live about an hour north of Pittsburgh. And uh, when I was like 19 years old, I actually lived in the city itself and came across a lot of interesting characters. Well, I met this dude who squatted at a house. uh, There's an area of Pittsburgh called, uh, it's the south side, but it's called East Carson. And uh, he was living in one of like the abandoned houses on the street and i came across him and me and him were like talked at a show or something like that and he's like oh man i love being in Pins- i love being in pittsburgh because like your your guys is seen so influential and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about and he goes oh man fucking crust punk like this is the scene for crust punk and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about because i went to show since i was 15 years old you know and he's like, oh, yeah, man, us oh, Rotten and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's just a local band. Like, not a big deal. He's like, no, dude. Like, people, like, I'm from Florida. And, like, everybody talks about, like, the Pittsburgh scene, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, we got, like, a thrash scene, but it's okay. And I'm like, it's thrash, dude. <laughs> like, we're comparing apples and oranges, man.
2: Yeah, I don't even, I don't really know much about it. <laughs> I can't,
0: can't I really don't weigh neither in. do I. Neither do I. And, and, and I just thought it was kind of funny because the, the kid was from, I can't remember if he was from Tampa or if he was from around that area somewhere. But I just remember that, that like, I think I ended up hanging out at the squat like the one night or whatever. But like, just hanging out with that kid, that's just, that's, that, that's always like my impression. That was like my first outsider perspective from somebody that didn't like like that knew of the pittsburgh scene that i didn't quite understand and same thing like i kind of understood where that where he came from but not quite kind of a thing so i just thought that was a funny story but um yeah when it comes to florida i i, I think of ska too it's
2: it's funny you to say that because i can't really think of a whole lot of famous ska that's out of Tampa or out of Florida except you got less than Jake in Gainesville Uh I mean we got some like in St. Pete there's victims of circumstance
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know how famous that is outside of our area have you are you familiar with them
0: I'm familiar with them yeah okay yeah.
2: okay so that answers that question
0: yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> it, but I'm also like I'm also like in the very obscure shit like well, see, it goes it goes <laughs> back
2: to like you said about uh your friends saying, oh, yeah, everyone talks about this band. And to you, it was like, oh, it's a local band. So there's no telling what local bands that you know are big outside of your local area. I mean, like with with Victims, I know they've, like, toured and stuff, and they have tons of studio albums, and they're a great band. And when you go see them live, tons of people come. It's not like, you know, some some of the bands where uh, not many people show up because it's just, oh, yeah, this is some local band. So, I mean, it makes sense that you would have heard of them, I
0: suppose. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unusual, too, because I don't think you realize how big bands are that that come out of your local scene until you talk to people that are from outside the scene. Like, like when people mention to me, oh you know, yeah, I think of Pittsburgh, I think of blah, blah, blah. And it's usually anti-flag. That's the everybody's go to when it comes to Pittsburgh is anti-flag. But then every now and again, somebody will mention a band like Ost Rotten or somebody will mention a band like Submachine. And then, you know, being from Florida, you, uh, the guy from Less Jake had Fuel by Ramen. Yeah. And uh, there was a local band from Pittsburgh that was on field by Ramen. They were called Punchline.
2: Yeah, I remember Punchline. Yeah, they're no, actually, from my
0: neck of the woods. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Punchline is one of those bands that, I mean, it seems like they've got a pretty big following, but you just won't hear about them for a while. Then, like, you'll suddenly see something on Facebook and they're back with a new sound or whatever.
0: Like, yeah. It's they're, like,
2: always, they're always coming back with something new.
0: Yeah, we, had a, we have another band who's just like that, too. They used to be called the Space Pimps, and now they're called Eternal Boy. And... It was like they were like this band for such a long time and then one day the singer was just like, Oh, we have a new sound, we have a new name, boom.
2: I'm pretty sure I've seen Steve from Punchline post about Eternal Boy before.
0: Yeah, they all run in the same circle and Okay, S- that makes sense. I think Steve also does uh like he'll do like promotional work for like other artists and stuff. Like I'm pretty sure like he does like promotional work for like um um the the singer from like MXPX and he'll do like promotional work for like uh, um the guys of lesson and Jake and stuff like that like he's really like kind of not only does he do the bands or but he also does like behind the scenes like business stuff yeah. for like other other musicians and stuff like that yeah it's pretty cool it's, it's nice to see like successful people come out of like a city that you know i don't know if tampa falls under that same thing as pittsburgh where you know you're not la you're not new york you're not chicago you're just kind of like almost like a second tier city where like when it comes to music people don't really pay much attention to what's going on there
2: yeah it's it's not one of the uh things that comes to mind oh tampa
0: bands Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, my god, the latest smash hit from Tampa, right? <laughs> I mean Nobody I says mind it if, if they would say that about our new song. <laughs> dude, I love that new dude, I love Ghosted. That's such a good song, man.
2: Thanks. Like we were we were really excited about that song. Um our drummer, Eric, he's a huge metal head. Mm-hmm. And so he's always wanting to like, you know, do some double bass or whatever. And when, when we first started out, I was kind of trying to be more like Oh, well, you know, we're like kind of Ramonesy y Weezer-y mix. Uh, we're not going to do all that stuff.
0: I'm so glad but... you said Weezer because I was listening to uh, Still Got Zelda. And oh, yeah. there was that keyboard part and I went, oh my God, those, that, that's such blue album, dude.
2: That Really? That song was very like
0: <laughs> Reggie and the Full Effect inspired. Dude, I love Reggie and the Full Effect, man.
2: But uh, yeah, so we... We never were doing anything like with double bass, really, except little stuff here and there. And then last summer, me and Eric, we got together. It might even be the same day I met up with Nick. No, but I went over to Eric's house. Our, our old bassist, Johnny, came over too, and we're like, oh, let's do something different. And We just came up with this like breakdown thing. And originally, <laughs> originally that breakdown that's Ghost Ghosted, we had that at the beginning of the song and then it repeats
0: later (laughs) dude it's so good it's such a good song man like it makes like when when i first discovered you i I discovered you guys when you did self-titled but um ever like so obviously like i can start at 2019 and work work my way up but it's like every now and again you'll drop like a single you know obviously with the whole with the whole circumstance with the pandemic, that you guys weren't able to really go out there and and promote your music, but it each time you guys were releasing something, there was attention being drawn to it. Yeah, and it was it was really cool. It was really cool that you guys were still able to get your music across. You know, yeah. during such a fucked up time, really.
2: For the, that time period, is kind of weird because right before like the lockdown began. Back before things got crazy, and we were all like, "Oh, this is real. This is serious." Mm-hmm. Uh, Preston, our other guitarist, he because he plays bass in another band called the Easy Button. I don't know oh, if you've man. listened to them. I've, I've heard um, the
0: name. I've heard the name.
2: Yeah, they're they're friends of ours. We've done so many shows with them. Um, he was playing bass in the Easy Button. He still is. And he randomly Facebook messaged me one day, and he was like, "Hey, do you need another guitarist?" And I was like, "Is the guitarist you?" <laughs> So then we're like, oh yeah, let's get together and practice and try being a four piece. And then we wanted to like announce that he was in the band, but then the lockdown happened and he was like, oh, let's wait till we actually have a show or something. And uh, it ended up being this weird thing where we were working on music with him and we just were like dying to announce we're a four piece now. (laughs) And so finally, we put out, I think we just did some weird remix of. Uh, when I see you today and uh we added in like a rap part and had him add some guitar stuff yeah we, we call it the summer remix or the summer remix
0: yeah that's and, right yeah uh
2: but that was like his debut was that remix
0: <laughs> that's great no <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs>
1: Says she don't like no one, he's probably a geek
0: Obviously, I can hear a lot of a lot of the influence. Like you already touched on a few of them. You touched on like obviously the Ramones, and you touched on Weezer. Um, can you tell me like when? Like, how did you first get into punk rock? Was it um, was it through older kids? Was it through um, like you know the you know MTV or whatever? Like, I'm, I'm not sure how old you are, so I don't. I'm trying to gauge. Like, okay, what was your introduction? Yeah. and how you discovered punk
2: so i'm 30 i just turned 30 back in january so okay, okay. i'm pushing so, 31 now but uh
0: so you're still part of the late mtv generation
2: yeah and i'd heard some of that i would heard some of that on the radio you know like blink 182 or whatever and you know i heard some of it i didn't buy cds back then or anything but mm-hmm. i was like oh that sounds kind of neat and i remember i got tony hawk's pro skater one two and three for in 64 like in the early 2000s and uh i was playing those and i was like the music in these is pretty cool like skateboarding music Mm -hmm. and one significant one was blitzkrieg bop was in tony hawk 3 Mm -hmm. and so i had no idea what the band was i did not know what the song was called or anything and i would just listen to that over and over again and skateboard around in the game and one night my dad came in the room he's like oh this is a ramones song (laughs) and i was like oh you know this and it turned out he had this roommate in the 80s who was a huge music fan and this roommate had gone to see the ramones several times and the best part about it for me was that he left my dad with a homemade cassette tape uh it had a few you know like those old cassette tapes that have like an hour per side on them
0: oh yeah like the old memorex tape
2: yes so his roommate had copied a few Ramones albums onto this tape, like, you know, copied from the original vinyl, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So my dad would, after we talked about the Ramones, he started playing the tape for me in the car. He had like this old, either an Oldsmobile or a rabbit. I don't know which one it was. He had so many old cars that he went through.
0: But... So did <laughs> <of> my dad.
2: <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, my dad's a mechanic, so he would uh, buy these old cars. <laughs> he had like one <laughs> rabbit, Uh, that he got by trading a saxophone that he had bought for 15 bucks at a yard sale.
0: No (laughs) shit.
2: (laughs) But uh, so anyway, we drive around, listen to Ramones. Uh, I had no idea what the albums were at the time. I didn't know what the band looked like. I didn't know what the album covers were. All I knew was like, this music was so cool. And uh, so of course, like I said, it was homemade cassette from the vinyl being played in this old car from the seventies or the eighties, and it was probably the muddiest sounding thing ever. Oh, but yeah, when you like, tape from a when
0: you, when you tape from a vinyl, it, it sounds like doll but, piss.
2: But to this day, I have never felt more cool listening to music. <laughs> and I did as a twelve-year-old listening to a Ramones tape in this old car, driving around, going to the Grand Prix to play arcade games.
0: That's so awesome, man.
2: Uh, looking back, the albums the albums on it were It's Alive, Animal Boy, and Too Tough to Die. Nice. To me, that's a pretty awesome introduction because, you know, with It's Alive, you get a taste of their uh, original lineup, the straightforward three-chord stuff. Uh, and then you get some of the Richie era stuff with Animal Boy and Too Tough to Die. Yeah. So I love all three of those albums. And uh, It's Alive is probably my favorite Ramones album. It's really hard to pick a favorite Ramones, but they yeah. just sound, they just sound so good. Live that it's alive is probably the winner.
0: Yeah. Have you heard the new Rochelle's version of animal boy?
2: Yeah, that was awesome. Um, Dude, so good. It really works well with his voice. Like I'm going to go ahead and state an opinion that I have, which is generally, I don't think people should cover Ramones songs. Well, no, let me reword that. I don't think people should record Ramones covers because there's just so many of them out there mm-hmm. and a lot of them I'm they're not good <laughs> <laughs> I mean and the thing about the Ramones was like it was so simple but it was played in such a precise way that made it sound so good and it's hard to emulate that
0: a but- lot of people have told me that like um I talked to Cliffy and Chris from the Huntington's and <clears throat> when I was talking to them uh because they had just did um a reissue of an old album called Back to, Ramo- to Ramonia. Yeah,
2: Back to Ramonia.
0: Yeah. And when we were talking, Cliffy said that they, they wanted to do the album justice. They 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 wanted to play it. They wanted to study the craft to learn how to play it, you know, to make it precise, to make it like we're, we're, we're covering the exact album. It was like very much that was like Cliffy was like obsessed with that. Yeah. And, he he said the hardest thing to match was the little things johnny did with the guitar
2: yeah that makes total sense
0: just the the slightest the ting, the 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 slide the the way the pick hit the guitar like it he he like studied it like every minute detail like, he wanted to put into, when they re-recorded it, like, he just he wanted it to be perfect.
2: Yeah. And before we get too off track, I do want to say where I was going with that was that New Rochelle's cover of Animal Boy is awesome. Yeah. And as somebody who loves Animal Boy, New Rochelle's did a great job with that. So, that, to me, to compliment a Ramones cover album means a lot. Because most Ramones covers, I click them, get fifteen seconds in, and then like swipe up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if-
2: I think it's I think it's fun for bands to play Ramones songs live because it, I guess it doesn't matter as much live. Like it just sounds loud and it's fun. Yeah. But as far as recording them, I feel like a lot of the times it's pretty much pointless.
0: <laughs> have you ever heard the old Clearview comps? The Clearview yeah, like, Records comps. I,
2: I have the beat is on the Brat one. I actually found that um. At a comic book store last year for a dollar. Oh, nice! And I'm pretty sure that sells for like fifty or hundred bucks on eBay. Uh, somebody just had it. The best thing about that is that it has the Formula Twenty Seven EP on the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have the original. I have the the Screeching Weasel cover of the first album, and I'm trying to remember. I think I have. I think I have the queers rocket to Russia. Yeah. I think are the two that I have, but I've obviously have listened to, to all of them. And the thing that I liked about the new Rochelle cover, the the, uh, new Rochelle version of animal boy, it picks up where they left off. It it picks up where they left off, but it's better.
2: Yeah. I mean, it sounds more modern and more Mm -hmm. clean.
0: Yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to my boy Nate from Hey Pizza in the Dummy Room for putting that out.
2: That What's was... the um? Is Ray J the singer for New Rochelle's?
0: I believe so. I
2: I mix them all up. I think he's Ray J. I like his voice a lot. He sounds really cool. Seeing those Animal Boy
0: songs. Yeah, it's 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 hard to differentiate between the Young Rochelle's and the New Rochelle's. I know there's minute details like member wise, but well, now you,
2: now you got pep talk too, and you got the Ricky Rochelle solo stuff.
0: Yeah, like and I've I been think, talking to Rookie about getting getting on the show too.
2: Did I say Rookie? I meant Ricky. I don't even know what I said.
0: Yeah, r- okay. no, I, you said Ricky, and I I said Rookie. Okay, okay. I've been talk. I've been in, in talks with uh, Rookie.
2: I think one of the biggest things that confuses people when I show them the new and young Rochelles is that the new Rochelles were the first one. <laughs> yeah, that no one throws everybody off.
0: It does. It does throw everybody off. And like when I first got, when I first got into them, I got into the new Rochelle's first, and then I discovered the old Rochelle's, and I'm like, oh, that must be the old version. And then, like, I did a deep dive in both of them, and was like, wait a second, this isn't right at all.
2: The way I, the way I found those bands is really weird. I actually, unlike usual, it wasn't on Facebook or Bandcamp. I was like, I don't even remember. I was, it was probably about 2014. And I was just browsing the internet, looking for Ramone stuff. And I came across this random article from like, wh- where are they from? Long Island? Yeah. It was some like article from a Long Island <laughs> newspaper or something. <laughs> it was talking about new Rochelle's bring back that Ramon sound. <laughs> <laughs> so i went to their band camp and uh looked up them and the young Shells, and i ended up ordering the cannibal island seven inch nice which, at the time i remember i think i got the seven inch and a t-shirt and then it never showed up and Uh-oh, so dude. i mess- so i messaged the young Shells facebook page and asked them about it and they just sent me another one so that was awesome of them
0: oh that's uh- cool you didn't order it from, like, Interpunk or anything, did you?
2: No, no, this was on their uh, band camp. I mean, I bought it from their band camp, and I don't know what happened to it. Like, they checked the tracking, said it should have come, and I just didn't have it, so they sent me another. <laughs> that's cool of them.
0: Oh, well, that's really cool. When I see you today, I won't
2: get nervous. My
1: brain won't turn off, it won't go out of service. Last time I wound up talking to some guy about my band, I've been asking you out to Campbell's Dairyland You walked on by and my mental stability fled I heard Reggie's song inside of my head Well some people are boring and they don't wanna hang
0: you got into the Ramones and stuff was it just was it kind of like it just kind of opened the floodgates to that style of music and that's the Ramones were drawing you into the, the pop punk
2: definitely Ramones would have like you said opened the floodgate but like I said I was playing those Tony Hawk games and they had so much good music in them I remember I went to at this point I don't think I even knew it was called punk rock I just called it skateboarding music (laughs)
0: that was the same uh, for me too before like green day exploded it was just fast rock and roll to me
2: yeah so i remember going to it was probably about 2003 it was christmas time and my brother and i were both walking around target trying to decide what to buy each other for christmas (laughs) (laughs) like we always did that we weren't really supposed to do that because we were supposed to surprise each other but we'd like be like hey buy me this um (laughs) and i saw some warp tour 2003 cd and i was like okay vans that's a skateboarding shoe company (laughs) so i looked at (laughs) i looked at the track listing and saw a couple band names i recognized and i think it was like it's two discs with 26 songs per disc and it was yeah
0: yeah i
2: told my brother give give me this cd so he gave it to me and sure enough I actually unwrapped it Christmas Eve, and went straight to my room to play Tony Hawk and listen to the CD. And I mean, from there, I found Lagwagon, The Bouncing Souls, Less Than Jake. So many bands were on that compilation.
0: That's that's really cool. Like I I, I, I like that because but obviously you're I just turned forty, so you're you're ten years behind me, so or ten years younger than me, I should say. So it was nice that. 2003 you were still able to find music in those avenues because that's how we had found bands too you know we we you know my age bracket got into music the same way was not not so much video games but skateboarding videos and snowboarding videos and we got into comps and once we started discovering bands and what record labels we they were on we we started finding these compilations and that's how we got into more and more bands
2: yeah and so i got that cd and i would listen to it and do my algebra homework all the time and and i don't think i even had a ramon cd at this point i think i still just had the cassette tape and my sister got road to ruin for her birthday nice (laughs) and there's actually there's actually a thing that i feel pretty bad about where she unwrapped it the whole family was at the table And I picked it up and I was like, does it have crummy stuff on it? (laughs) Which is like the most random song somebody could ask about. And sure enough, you know, that's not on that album. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, and just put the CD down. (laughs) My dad was like, Alex, we paid a lot of money for that. (laughs) Which in hindsight now, it's such a weird way to react to something. Does it have crummy stuff on it? <laughs> and that's Road to Ruin's a great album, but so yeah, that she got funny. that. And then, and then I think she also got Leave Home and uh Rocket to Russia at some point. My brother got the self titled, and at this point, I still had no CDs except the tape. <laughs> and so I was like, I asked for the one with Bonzo Goes to Bitburg on it.
0: And, oh yeah, that's a and good then one I got
2: remember. Ramones mania for Christmas.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool that you and your siblings were all into into the Ramones.
2: Yeah, my sister even had a Ramones poster on her door at one point.
0: Which, oh, no shit, that's cool. Which that's is really
2: cool. weird now because I mean I'm the only punk rocker in the family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're they not, not as into, they're not as into Ramones anymore as I am. Uh, I'm I'm just the one who went down that path of playing guitar and trying to be a Ramon.
0: <laughs> That's like me too. Like my, like I'm the only one in my my family. Like even like my cause my cousins and stuff like that. None of like my family listened to like punk rock, and it's because I discovered it you know from the old from older kids and stuff like that. Like but like once I got into it, my dad just like your dad was like oh yeah blah blah blah. And my dad like knew who like the Ramones were and knew who like. Black Flag was and stuff like that And I'm like Random because my dad's at this The big trucker guy you know what I mean Like the last thing you think you'd like rock out to Like Black Flag and shit
2: Yeah and I feel like with Ramones Especially You'd be surprised with how many people At least know who they are Even if they don't like them or listen to them It's surprising how often People at least have a General idea of what Ramones are Um I have another funny memory. I remember going to Hot Topic to buy my first Ramones t-shirt. <laughs> I think I paid 15 for it, which is probably cheap now.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: The Hot Topic prices have gone up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. But uh, I times. bought,
2: it was, you know, it was just the classic one with the logo, a black t-shirt with the white logo. And I would wear that all the time. And I remember going to Busch Gardens, which is, if, if you've been around Tampa, you know it's a theme park we have here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wearing this shirt, walking with my friends, and I think I saw the happiest guy in the world that day because this random dude who is probably about my age, he skipped by holding hands with his girlfriend And as they skipped by me, he just goes, and there's a guy with a Ramon shirt on. (laughs) I have no idea. It it happened, and it was hilarious.
0: Just one of those observing, like, just no cares in the world going past and sees you and like, hey.
2: Like, and you have no idea. Like, does this guy listen to Ramones? Is he a fellow fan or did he just read my shirt and say it? You know, there's no telling.
0: No, you'll in the world will never know, Alex. (laughs) We have no idea who he was. (laughs) No,
2: but he He, seriously, he was skipping by holding her hand and he did like a jump and clicked his heels as he said it.
0: That's great. Like, uh, like he was probably the
2: happiest person I've ever witnessed in my life
0: doing the clicking hills there's no place like home thing
2: he's like i'm with my girlfriend and this is hanging out on a night like this i'm gonna give her a great big
0: kiss there you go <laughs> so let me ask you like when you when you got into you got into punk rock from from the video game and from the ramones and stuff like that you said you were what 12 years old
2: i think so i it could have been thirteen. It could have been two thousand four, but I like to say two thousand three because it sounds a little bit cooler to be at least a year earlier. Because <laughs> I got into <laughs> punk rock so late, it's like <laughs> I want to make sure it's as far back as possible.
0: Yeah, that's like I tell everybody I got. I really got into punk rock in ninety four because like the whole Green Day, the whole you know, the whole punk explosion. But honestly, I was listening to what I would figure out was punk earlier than that. Like I had discovered the Sex Pistols. Yeah, and then I had discovered like. Um like bad religion and stuff like that, but I didn't know that was called punk. I didn't oh. same thing with the Ramones, I didn't know that was considered punk.
2: I remember about that same time uh that I was getting into Ramones, School of Rock came out with
0: Jack Black, oh, yeah, and
2: my dad rented that. You remember when you used to do like uh the Walmart.com DVD rentals? Oh yeah, I remember and that. And you would order them and then mail them back and get another.
0: Mm -hmm. that's how the original netflix was too
2: yeah and my my dad won friday night oh i got this movie for us to watch and it was school of rock and i had no idea what we were about to watch but that movie probably warped me and turned me into a punk rocker (laughs) just as much as the ramones tape did
0: (laughs) listen my kids love that movie and like i'm hoping i'm sitting there going like I hope one of them gets really into punk rock now. Like, <laughs> like,
2: I, don't, I don't know if I'm saying this quote right, but there's when he says, uh, come on, ACDC, the Ramones, Motorhead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I said the right bands in the right order, but I think that's the quote.
0: I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right.
2: <laughs> in fact, this is embarrassing. I mentioned that I had no idea what the Ramones looked like when I listened to that tape. And there was definitely a brief period where I just pictured Jack Black rocking out in the classroom. <laughs> I remember specifically, endless vacation. Every time I listened to that, I would just picture you know, Jack Black jamming out.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's quite an image, man.
2: <laughs> and they, they have Bonza Goes to Bitburg in that movie, too. Yeah, so, that's, a,
0: that's a great movie. That movie this, holds up.
2: To this day, when I hear that song, I picture, you know, the imagery going through. Uh, he's, like, in the classroom with the kids, and they're just preparing all this stuff, and the song is playing.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool that you bring up. I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with you particular BB but um, I did an interview uh, with a buddy of mine from the band. His name is Jay. He's from a band called The Runaround out of Chicago, and he actually works for one of the actual school of rocks
2: okay cool
0: yeah like they they started in like around philly area and they actually a couple years later opened up one in chicago and he actually works for it's uh the it's a school for uh, obviously the musical arts and stuff like that and he uh, he teaches there
2: that's pretty rad
0: Yeah, I was like, you told me that. I was like, oh, that's fucking dope, dude. Like, like, who says that? Who's like, oh, I work for School of Rock. I'm like, dude, that's awesome.
2: I had a friend who played guitar and it wasn't School of Rock. I think it was House of Rock. (laughs) 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 And, you know, they had this teacher and they would every so often go to Sam Ash and play a show. You know, all cover stuff that they'd learned. But there was one that was at there's one show they did at some community center and at the end of it, their teacher, I think his name was Paul. He just comes out. So we're going to have a classic rock band from Tampa come out. Everybody give it up for the outlaws. (laughs) And then the outlaws came out and played a show for 20 teenage kids who had no idea who they were. (laughs) And looking back on that now, I'm like, that's weird. That actually happened. And I was there.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Like, what a random thing, man. Like, that's super cool.
2: Now, if only that would happen, like, the Ramones would come back and play a show somehow.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's the thing that gets me. I I had an opportunity to go see them. It, must, it, would, have, it would have been their last year playing. So, like, 96.
2: Oh, you don't want to see that. <laughs>
0: dude, dude, I wanted to. Dude, I, I, dude I, I begged my mom to let me go to the show. Uh, they were coming I think they were coming to Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And I, I grew up in a town like right in between the both the two cities. And I was like, Mom, can I go see the Ramones? Blah blah, blah. She goes, No, they'll be no, you're too young. They'll they'll be around later on.
1: Oh <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like that Dame Cook thing where they talk about Bennigans and like he keeps well, I don't know if you listen to Dame Cook or not.
2: I mean I'm not going to lie, I tried to listen to that We're Out of Here album, which is like their last show, and at that point they were just playing the song so fast and you could tell they didn't want to be doing it anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: they're just trying to get through the set as quick as possible.
0: Yeah, but like my mom hit me with the, with the, the like the, like I said, the D- the Dane Cook reference. Yeah, they'll be around, got,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: be around later. Yeah, they'll be around later. I was like, oh, where's wh- where the fuck Ramones at now, mom? Well,
1: Hold
2: PX a decade ago, they were saying Yuri was leaving. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so I actually convinced my dad to fly out to Seattle with me to see them play Life in General front to back for Yuri's last show at El Corazon.
0: No shit.
2: And it was an awesome show. But then a few years later, Mike tweets that Yuri's ready to rock out lately. <laughs> and now they've got new albums out and stuff.
0: So but you flew from Florida all the way to Seattle?
2: Yeah. No and shit. There was some point in the show where Mike was saying, uh, who flew, Who came the farthest for this show? And my dad and I were yelling, Tampa, Tampa. And then we just hear Mike say, oh, Texas. And he points to some other guy. This guy came all the way from Texas. Oh we're on the other side of the crowd. Tampa, Tampa.
0: Tampa, Tampa. That, that reminds me of a time me and my wife went to go uh, see no effects. And uh, we had traveled, we, like I said, I live in Western Pennsylvania. We traveled down to um, like the Cincinnati, Ohio area, but right across the river is a town called uh, Covington, Kentucky. And it was like on almost a six hour drive for us. And we thought, Oh my God, we drove so far to come see no effects. Like we're dedicated fans because no effects is one of my favorite bands. And, and so we go to the show and we're like oh we feel so pumped up and this guy near us he's like how far did you guys come how far did you guys drive and we're like oh six hours he goes i just drove 19 hours to come and see him he was from saskatchewan canada
2: wow that's a drive dude 19
0: hour drive and he had he showed us he had a fucking like that maple leaf tattoo on his arm wow and he was like yeah i drove 19 hours from saskatchewan i'm like well He had us, like, by, like, three times the distance.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty... Yeah, I mean, we flew to Seattle. We didn't drive out there.
0: Oh, no, I Uh, wouldn't drive out. That'd be, be like, three days.
2: But it was worth it. It was such a good show. Like, I mean, they played life in general front to back. And uh, I feel like they've had... MXPX has had such a resurgence in recent years. Mm -hmm. The crowd wasn't as big at that show as it would be now. because uh johnny and i are you know our bassist who just mm. left we went to see them at trees in dallas in 2017 and that was definitely a way bigger crowd than when i saw them in 202011.
0: 2011 yeah they had that weird thing I mean, mxpx had that weird thing where like after they left like side one dummy they just a lot of like maybe it was like after the panic album yeah people just weren't really into, but that was also around the same time. like kind of like the emo scene was really blowing up.
2: Yeah. And see panic was like their emo album. And I love that album. That's a good album.
0: Mm -hmm, That
2: that album came out when I was a new fan. So that was the first album that I got to be like, Oh, they got a new album out. And I remember it being so different when I listened to it for the first time. And at Mm -hmm. first I didn't like it at first, but now it's in my top three. I mean, I, It's one of my favorite albums of all time.
0: You know what? I feel the same way about self-titled Blink-182. Oh, yeah. I hated that album when it came out. And, like, I don't care. I'm at the age where I don't give a shit. Like, I'll own my shit. I used to, like, oh, I'll listen to to Blink-182. But, like, I'll own the shit now. Like, same thing with, like, shit like Fall Out Boy. Like, I'm like, yeah, I I actually like that album. You know? (laughs) But, uh. But yeah, when I first heard the Blink 182 self-titled album, I fucking hated it. And now it's like probably my second favorite album by them.
2: I uh I go back and forth on that one. Mm-hmm. I just have to be in the right mood for it, I guess. I can recognize what a what an artistic piece of work it is and like how much effort and time went into that, but I have to be in the right mood to actually enjoy it. <laughs>
0: yeah I I, I I can't i can't just go visit it i
2: anytime. can't listen to any of their new stuff i with skiba yelling
0: oh, and, dude i tried i and tried john
2: feldman auto tuning them to death and if you look in the liner notes of california john feldman is a co writer on every single track
0: because because he's not a because skiba's not a strong songwriter
2: i mean not for
0: that style, not yeah, for that style.
2: yeah, that makes sense,
0: yeah, not for that style. Like, don't don't get me wrong, I love Alkaline Trio. I mean, I'd love older Alkaline Trio a lot more than newer stuff, but
2: oh, yeah, I haven't even listened to the last three albums, I'm probably never will,
0: <laughs> not, <laughs> not
2: for any specific reason. I just I, I feel like that just happens after a while, you just stop following a band.
0: You know, it's, it's sometimes like like I, I feel like just like anything else. Like I used to be like when I was younger, I used to really be in a, like horror movies. I would always watch the latest horror movies. And now I'm at the age I'm at, I'm like, eh, I don't really like or enjoy listening, you know, watching horror movies as much as I used to. You yeah. know what I mean? It's that same feeling.
2: It's I've had it definitely happen with bands where I'll be, there will be some band I'm really into and then after a couple of years I stopped listening and then 10 years later, I go back and re-listen to them and then end up backtracking and getting all the albums I've missed. Yeah. Uh, I did that this year with bouncing souls and dropkick Murphys.
0: Both, nice. both
2: bands I had not followed for about 10 years, but I used to listen to back in, you know, the mid two thousands. Yeah. So I went back and collected all these dropkick and bouncing souls albums that I'd not bought in the past decade Okay, these are actually pretty good albums.
0: <laughs> that's like that's like last month, me and my wife, and my sister in law, and her husband, and a couple of our friends, we went to go see uh, Flogging Molly. Oh, yeah. And Flogging and Molly, Violent Femmes, and me first in the Gimme Gimmies, and a uh, all girl band from New York called Thick. And I went because I love Violent Femmes, but like I like Flogging Molly, you know, like they're, they're a cool band. But I hadn't listened to Flog and Molly in, like, probably 10 years. Yeah. So, like, before we go to the show, like, I'm like, I better go through there. Let's
2: study up. That's what we call it.
0: Yeah, studying up. Like, oh, my study God. Study for the out, show. Like, yeah, they put out, like, four albums in that time frame. And I'm like, oh, I'm really fucking behind. So, but then I saw them live, and they, they fucking blew me away, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, I want to ask you, you know, so we kind of got into how you got into music. Uh, how did you... Were 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 you did is Atomic Treehouse your first band or were did you do stuff beforehand?
2: There's been a couple, but they don't. I don't know how much they count. So let's start with when I started playing music. So during the era when I was, you know, starting off with Ramones, I wanted to just sing. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did not care about learning to play an instrument. I didn't. All I wanted to do was write lyrics and sing them. And so I had this notebook and I'd come up with all these lyrics and my friend Spencer was playing guitar doing that house of rock thing I told you about. Okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's uh, start a band. And he said, okay, well we need a bass guitarist. Not I was all, what's that?
1: <laughs> and so
2: then he like, well, you need a bass guitar and a regular guitar. So I went to target super target. And they used to have a guitar, an acoustic guitar, and a bass guitar on display, and there was a button you'd press and it'd play a sample of
0: it. Yeah, I remember it said like that. And yeah. there
2: was there was some cheapo bass, probably like
0: a hundred bucks or something. They're like the first act or whatever they're called. Right? I don't even I don't even
2: know what brand it was. But so I was eyeing this bass. I'm gonna buy the bass and learn to play the bass. But I ended up buying a BMX bike instead. <laughs> And
0: uh, that <laughs> bass, so
2: it's still, it still never happened. And then a few more years went by, and it was when I was 16. My dad and I were at a yard sale, and there was a guitar I still have it. It's a brand called Lion, okay. And they had an electric guitar, and the guy wanted, I think, 40 bucks for it. It was the guitar, gig bag, and a little practice amp. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually didn't I didn't want to buy it for some reason. I just didn't care enough to learn to play the guitar. And then my dad convinced me to either my dad convinced me to buy it or he bought it for me. I think he bought it for me. And so, oh, wow. sure, so sure enough, I went home and just played it all afternoon. And by play it, I mean I had no idea what I was doing,
0: just making fucking noise with right it. And, and
2: at some point, I figured out how to read tabs and i looked up welcome to paradise by green day <laughs> cuz i thought okay everybody always says green day songs are easy to play so i'll learn green day <laughs> so i looked i look at the tabs and i see the power chord formation and i had no idea what i was looking at <laughs> and i was like i have to play multiple strings at a time
0: what is that <laughs> i was
2: so, i was so confused i and i had no training nobody had taught me anything i just looked at it And I tried to put my fingers on the guitar the right way. I was like, what do people mean Green Day is easy? This is hard.
1: Begins to go nuts I'm a silly nervous boy And I don't know what to say I've become so overjoyed If you just look my way i got a mind no crush on you It makes my head spin And every time I think of you I can't wait till I see you again More than a friend Will make you laugh I spend the rest of my day With a super-gaming attitude A drunky smile glued to my face I wanna ask you on a date I hope your answer thrills me You've got a smile That kills me I've got A mind-o Crush on you It makes My head spin And every time I think i you I can't wait till I see you again More than I friend
2: I hope she says
0: yes I hope she says yes Positive vibes, sending your way. That's like when I started playing bass, I was just like, I got asked to be in uh, a band, my first band, we were called The Runs. And uh, my buddy was like, well, hey man, like I had been kind of messing around with guitar a little bit, like playing and like, you know, like drop D and stuff like that, messing around. And he uh, was like, well, if you know how to do like low end, like why don't you learn how to play the bass? So he had me like so. I ended up buying a bass and I started learning. And basically, I just basically mimicked what the guitar player was doing, and that's basically how. Yeah,
2: I just by the notes Hall today.
0: Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, go on the D, go 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 on the go on the E string, three five seven three, and I would follow. That's how I learned how to play, and then eventually I learned how to re tab. Yeah.
2: So (laughs) I (laughs) once I got the power chord down, I think the first song I learned to play all the way through was uh, I don't want to go to the party by the Riverdales. Mm -hmm. And the the funny thing about it was, again, no one was teaching me how to do any of this. And I didn't, I didn't know stuff like the Ramones only down strum, but I just did that naturally because if I tried to alternate pick, I would hit other strings and stuff. So I just keep my wrist down there and just down strum the, the power chord, which, you know, apparently that's that was the right thing to do. There you go. <laughs> so I used to just sit in my room with this practice amp playing these three chord pop punk songs. And uh, at some point, I, we kept trying to start bands like me and that friend Spencer I told you about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I had all these band names like Lunar Moths, The Immature Four, um, Blue Plaid Shorts. <laughs> I just came up with all these band names that never existed. We never did these bands. I, I made uh, album covers in MS Paint. I typed up track listings based on songs I'd written. <laughs> and by songs I'd written, I mean lyrics.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I used to do weird shit like that too, man.
2: So none of those bands ever actually happened. And then uh I think senior year of high school, my friend Casey, he was a pretty good guitarist. So we're we were all, oh, let's start a band called Grimace. You know, like the purple dude from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he wrote this song called Heart O Town. It's like Heart of Town, but you know, it's like oh apostrophe. Oh, yeah. It's something I saw <laughs> on a Slick Shoes album cover.
0: That's cool.
2: But so uh, we wrote Heart of Town. It was just him playing guitar and me singing. We recorded a demo of it in his bedroom. I was probably 16 or 17. I still have it. Um, but, of course, we never did anything with that band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our friend, my friend Eric, who's he is our drummer in Atomic Trios. We've known each other forever. So He was playing drums. He was a metalhead. I went over to his house one day with my guitar and we tried to write some songs. (laughs) My main memory is we were crammed into a small bedroom surrounded by Star Wars figures. (laughs) And he was drumming and he just goes, I was walking down the street. I wasn't looking at my feet. Then he pauses and goes, that's good. Write that down. (laughs) that's great it's like it's so good you gotta write that down
0: so that's where the nerdy aspect of the band comes from we've, we 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 jumped ahead to that portion of the interview <laughs> yeah
2: so we me and him would jam we tried to start bands and this this is probably like senior year of high school 2008 2009 that this is going down and we tried to start some bands and it wasn't until summer 2010 we started our first band, which was "I Just Sing." Uh, his friend Eric had another friend also named Eric, Eric O'Connor. He played guitar, and this dude was this dude was a heavy metal guitarist, like he could shred. Mm-hmm. And so then and Spencer played bass. So we recorded the three-song demo, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were called "Aiming for
0: Honesty." That's actually a cool name.
2: Yeah, I remember I remember being pretty proud of that. I, I mean, it still is pretty cool. It was like, oh yeah, you know, the songs are real, they're honest, aiming for honesty. Yeah. Um and I drew some t-shirt designs, but we never played a show. We just had the demo. We had a MySpace page. And uh it didn't work out. Um a few more years went by and it was uh in 2014 we did the Misophones, which is okay. basically an early incarnation of Atomic Treehouse. It me, Eric, and Johnny were all in it, except Johnny did not play bass; he played guitar, and his brother Jeremy played bass.
0: So, so that's where Johnny's stage name comes from. Then. yeah, For Johnny Missophone. Okay, yeah. That
2: you. well, the funny thing about that was I was already Alex Retro because I was doing the solo acoustic thing. I've been doing that since 2011. So, okay. I, so I wasn't gonna like change to Alex Missophone, and Johnny kept joking about oh, we all have to be missophone. So <laughs> it became a running joke to call just him Johnny Missophone. <laughs> Nobody else was missophone, but uh
0: that's funny. So now now I understand where that name comes from. Okay, we didn't,
2: cool. we didn't ever play any shows except we played a battle of the bands, and I'm sure we were terrible, but we won for some reason.
0: <laughs> really? That's awesome. <laughs> we were just like
2: playing these Ramones chord songs with a little bit of ska <laughs> influence. And the other bands were shredding these 80s covers. You know, I guess we were the only band with original stuff. I don't know if that was why we won, but they said we had an original, unique sound.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Like, you'll take it, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, so so we uh, we won and the big the big prize was like some Sam Ash gift cards and some strings I think. Uh, uh, to... <laughs> but we never we never played any other shows with that band, and we would practice the same six songs. And this there is a band camp. I can send you the link if you want to hear this. Um, but there is a Misophones band camp that has a six song demo EP and Mondo Crush. We actually that was a Misophones song originally.
0: Oh, okay, that's and, a great song. Yeah, yeah.
2: There's there's actually a music video on YouTube of the Missophones version.
0: Oh, I'm um, going to have to deep dive into that.
2: <laughs> so, so what happened was we were doing that. Then Jeremy moved away. And I guess Johnny didn't really want to do the band anymore. And I think Eric had to work Saturdays or something. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, the Mr. phones just kind of dissipated. But then at some point in 2016, me and Eric snapped and we we're like, let's just start a new band and no one can tell us no. <laughs> we've been trying to start a real band for years. So we went over to my mom was going on vacation. So I asked if we could borrow her house to practice. And so we wrote and recorded drums for all seven, seven or eight. I think it's eight, seven, all seven songs from the first atomic Treehouse EP.
0: So what from garage sale?
2: Yeah. The garage sale. We recorded all the drums with one, we just had one room microphone set up and we came up, me and him came up with the songs. There was no other band members to argue with, so it was
0: super easy. Listen, that EP is actually really good for only me at one mic.
2: We just threw the drums together in one day, and then I had to go work in a school cafeteria that evening. Uh, and so we had the drums, and then I went home and over the next couple weeks I put in all the guitars and vocals and stuff but we still needed a bassist. And so what ended up happening was we were at, I was over at Johnny's house one Saturday afternoon and Jeremy had left his bass behind. And I guess Johnny had just been like messing around on the bass for a while. And he was playing it. I was like, you're pretty good, dude. Like that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, Hey, why don't you come over to band practice and let's try to all three play together. And so basically we're just three idiots who don't know anything about music. (laughs) <laughs> who were coming up with these songs that were pretty fun to play, and uh, so he he had the whole Grodcell EP already written. All he had to do was sit down and do the bass, uh, and then once he finally did that, we put it out.
0: That's and awesome. Then
2: we started playing shows. Our first show, uh, our first show was a Halloween show, which I was working in this school cafeteria at the time, and I convinced my boss to let us perform on the patio. <laughs> That's cool. And it was probably the most embarrassing performance of my life. It was just like students walked by me to walk into the cafeteria and get their food. And they just looked at us like, what is all this noise? Why is this happening to me? <laughs> Why do I have to suffer this? But uh, And we played a full set, like probably like 15 songs or something.
0: That's great. Uh,
2: and uh, yeah, so we were doing that and then in 2017 we started playing all the real shows and uh crazy cup that's a coffee shop a really cool two-story coffee shop in plant city we played there so many times uh a lot of venues that are gone now there's one called beer and brownies we played there a couple times Oh,
1: that's cold.
2: uh and we that's about the time i met like twisty chris i mentioned him earlier mm-hmm. played with that band uh the easy button formed that same year uh their singer brian he had a band called ember Lasting, but they all went their separate ways okay. except for him and then one of the other guys rich so they started doing the easy button and uh so we've played a lot of shows with them and so yeah that was basically that's the story of
0: how it all started that's really awesome and the thing like Hearing you tell stories and you know, think you know, going back to how the band started and the early career of the band, I get where the the quirkiness and the kind of the nerdy humor comes into play with you guys. Like it feels like it's it's not it's not a character. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's it's who you guys are. You, no, we're a bunch were, of nerds. Yeah, you were talking about the 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 Star Trek stuff or Star Wars stuff in the background, and of, of of practicing the first time, and the the you know the way you guys kind of did stuff. You're like, fuck it, let's just do it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the yeah. essence of punk. But like, I, I get where you guys get your humor from. And just from like messaging with you and stuff like that, like I get that that's who the, the humor and the nerdiness is who you guys are. It's not it's not a shtick, it's not a um, you know, kind of a, a selling point or a gimmick or anything like uh,
2: that. We're we're a bunch of goody two shoes who sit around playing video games and <laughs> watching anime and star
0: wars and reading comic books you would be my 14 year old son's best friend oh that's an awkward
2: thing to tell a 30 year old
0: it's okay i'm 40 and i play video games with him
2: (laughs) it's different when you're the when you're his dad
0: yeah but like my uh my 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 older son he's 14 he's into like anime oh yeah yeah video games like now by anime i mean like he's getting he's getting into the deep anime now
2: oh yeah yeah subscribing to crunchyroll and all that
0: yeah he's like he's gravitating towards like he's he's moving away from pokemon and shit like that and getting into the getting into the harder stuff so yeah 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 but yeah like he he loves that kind of stuff is he he watching subs yet (laughs) not yet not okay (laughs) yeah he's not that deep it took
2: me a while to get there i but now i only watch subs
0: he 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 he, he, uh he talks to me about some of the stuff he watches and i'm like listen bud i have no fucking clue what you're talking about (laughs) because i i just never got into anime but i had i had two cousins funny enough two of my cousins are from my uh, uncle he was a pilot for uh uh, Delta, and they were originally from Detroit. And when my cousins were like in high school, they were they about my age. They relocated down to Tampa area. They lived. They uh they moved down to Lando Lakes.
2: Oh oh wow. Okay, Lando Lakes is my hometown.
0: Oh okay, yeah, they live right in Lando Lakes. My uh, like I said, my uncle had when they closed the hub in Detroit. Uh, he worked for Delta. He, he had one of his choices was Tampa
2: whoa 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 this is getting really weird my dad okay so i told you we flew out to seattle my dad was a mechanic for delta airlines so was my uncle okay they probably know each other probably they worked he worked at the tampa hangar and he would get free flights and so we used that to go out to seattle that's but, how my
0: uncle would come home and visit us for like family reunions and shit
2: okay you're gonna have to message me later outside the podcast and tell me who this guy was
0: Oh yeah, he just oh, retired. He just retired a couple years ago.
2: Oh yeah, my my dad retired last year. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm sure they worked together then.
0: Yeah, it's my dad's older brother.
2: Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, small world.
2: Yeah, that yeah. was crazy. But like
0: my his my my uncle's my my cousins, uh, they were really big into anime, and I remember they came up the one year like for like family reunion, and they were like getting me into stuff like La Blue Girl. If you have ever heard of that.
2: I've heard I'm gonna say that cliche thing. I've heard of it, but I haven't of it. Seen it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like when you when you, when you brought up that one band earlier. I was like, I've heard of them. I've heard <laughs> of them, but I haven't heard them. But yeah, it was like it was like more adult. It might have even been like manga, actually. Oh yeah. But or not manga, what's the more manga's more of the childish manga? Manga's, right? com-
2: manga's comics.
0: Ma- like manga's comics, books. okay. Yeah, but they were really big into that shit, and like I tried to, and I'm like, ah, I'm not really into it. <laughs> but that always stuck out to my mind. That's what a small world, man.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: But um, yeah, I just before I let you go, man, like, uh, cause we covered a lot of stuff. I mean, we didn't we didn't go through each individual album, but like, I I just I really dig your guys' sound, and obviously, I'm gonna play songs throughout the episode and stuff, and. Have people get to get to hear, um, you know, multiple songs from your band. I just like how you guys—you have the humor, and it's 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 not like I said earlier. It's not gimmicky. It's not you guys. It's 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 okay to have fun, and it's okay to make kind of goofy songs and not take yourself so seriously.
2: Yeah, thanks. You. I mean, I, saw, I thought you had something more to say at the end of that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, um, I mean, I, 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 I kind of do, but I'm, I'm being respectful because it's so late. No, but like you're, I, you're good. I like your early songs. I mean, you got songs like Cherry Soda Girl, uh, New York, Florida. Your biggest fan. I like Sports Now.
2: New York, Florida. I should probably get. I should probably tell you what that's all about. Please do. <laughs> My brother, <laughs> he one time had a dream. That me, him, and my mom were at a Walmart in some city called New York, Florida, (laughs) which does not exist in real life. But he said, like, we went to the snack bar to eat, and they were playing some Cheap Trick song he'd never heard before. (laughs) And apparently, he didn't know it was Cheap Trick since he'd never heard it. And in the dream, I said to him, Jesse, Cheap Trick. (laughs) But apparently, the song went... So I, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna write this song, New York, Florida, and it's gonna do that. Oh, oh,
0: that's great. Oh, that's funny. But the the one thing I do want to ask you, Alex, before before I let you go, like, what were some of your influences, like, for for writing in the style that you do? Is there any is there any particular lyricist or writer or musician that you just that kind of influenced how you how you wanted to write or how you wanted to make songs
2: yeah definitely I'd say um if you look at for example you know the Ramones they have a lot of those lyrics like I met her at Burger King we fell in love by the soda machine mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of that like quirky nerdy just hanging out having crushes uh, so the going all the way back Ramones would be one uh, I grew up definitely on MXPX a lot, so some of the more serious songs that definitely comes from an MXPX influence. Um, as far as a lot of the humor and kind of the way I set up punchlines, um, mm-hmm. I'd say like you know, chicks dig it, uh, the Blenders. Um,
0: I just recently in the last year discovered the Blenders.
2: Oh yeah, you're gonna love that. Yeah, I mean, I like the, yeah you're gonna it's... love them. I mean, the way Trevor sets up a lot of the uh, like the humor in his songs mm-hmm. I, um, it's like he'll say something and then the following line where it rhymes it kind of makes like the punchline yeah. I mean, it like, says something you're not expecting and I feel mm-hmm. like that's definitely had an influence on the way I come up with like jokes and stuff mm-hmm. but uh, I mentioned Chicks Dig It also there's kind of this thing about Chicks Dig It where their songs feel like they're inside jokes mm-hmm. you know what I mean like KJ just sort of tells a story about some weird thing that happened, and
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of,
2: like mundane, everyday things, but he makes them funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, just think about like Welcome to the Daiso, he's just talking about going shopping at the Daiso, <laughs> but then I- like J. Crew, J. Crew, that song still cracks me up. Just like, talking about, um, there's that line in J. Crew where he says. I was trying to think of ways to get out of there. I was getting sweat stains on my beret. <laughs> <laughs> and when he That's says so that, good. I love how he does not set us up for the fact that he's wearing a beret. But we now know that for some reason, hanging out with this girl from J Crew, he has a beret on his head.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> like, great.
2: I totally picture him. I picture KJ and this girl, and they're in some some kind of institute working on, like, paintings or something and he just has this beret on he's sitting there sweating <laughs> that's so good but yeah I mean that's how a lot of their songs are it's just like like my dad versus Paul McCartney like what is he even talking about but it's so good <laughs> it's yeah. like getting, getting death threats in the mailbox from Paul McCartney or something <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the in my heart here's
1: one that's causing me such pain. Here's one that I'll try to explain If I could spend my time with you Maybe my gut feeling is true Maybe this longing in my heart means something new Please don't go away. I got So much to say that I wanna be with you But now my heart is blue Please don't think that i just trying It seems that they become more like dead art When I rolled out of debt today I thought that this might be the one
0: like it too that you bring up that you bring up too that you do have more serious songs and i, I don't want people to think that you're a joke band or anything weirdo
2: cover band like like
0: a weirdo cover band but the thing that i like i mean obviously you guys have more serious songs
2: you know like the last two singles neither neither of them were really like funny songs yeah um and we i was trying to trying to go for a more serious record which i don't know what's happening cuz so we actually we recorded five new songs last summer. This past summer, I mean, mm-hmm. and you no, know, those two singles are two of the five. And we were gonna do a ten-song album, but Johnny moved away, and now we're we're looking into a potential bassist that we actually have a show lined up with. Okay, hi Jeff. Um, <laughs> but so I don't know if we're gonna finish the album with a new bassist, or if we're gonna do an EP with the five songs, or if we're just gonna make them all singles, I really we haven't decided yet. So but we work I was working on like a more serious album, you know, show a different side of us. And uh but one thing I mean you'll notice like ghosted, it's not really like a funny song or anything, but the music video is funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: And that's the thing is I feel like with people like videos, it makes them pay more attention and especially if it's funny, they're more likely to sit there and watch it. I mean, you watch that video, and there's a part where I'm getting go- golf balls thrown at me, and I'm punching the floor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think what it is is, like I said, like I don't, I don't necessarily think of you guys as a joke band. I mean, there's definitely serious songs in there. I just, I think what it is is, I think, I, I it, it, not too many bands like, like, it, like we talk about Blink Way too. We talked about them earlier.
2: I was gonna say. I remember reading like an Amazon.com review for a Blink album years ago. And somebody said, (laughs) I think this sums up Blink pretty well. The only time they get serious is when it's about a girl. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? I think that's what I meant earlier when I kind of stumbled over things a little bit. Is that I think that, like, not that you guys sound like Blink-182 or that you guys are emulating Blink-182. But I definitely kind of feel like that when you guys do do serious songs is like, it makes those funnier songs seem even more funnier.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, there's multiple ways I could take that. It's just like, <laughs>
0: oh, these guys do have a life.
2: Okay, the song's funnier.
0: <laughs> I, mean it, I mean it in a good way. I mean it in a good way. This is why I don't do a lot of interviews late at night, Alex.
2: No, you're good. You're good. It's funny. It'll make people laugh.
0: I'll keep it in. I make myself like an asshole all the time.
2: Humor (laughs) is job number one.
0: (laughs) But listen, man, I, I I wanted I just I want you to know, like, I'm very happy that you agreed to come on the show and that you had interest in coming on the show, man. I, I, I really appreciate that a lot.
2: Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome, man. Like, uh, is there anything you want to announce for for the listeners? Uh, anything coming up? Are you guys going to be playing anywhere? Uh, do you guys have we any do, plans? We do have a New
2: Year's Eve show at Red Star Live in Brandon, Florida. Okay. And we will be with our potential bassist, Jeff, he will be playing, which he came to practice and he had learned all the songs for the set. So I was like, I'm impressed, dude. Good job. So we're going to definitely be playing with him and going to be a killer set. We'll play Ghosted. We'll play All the Feelings of My Heart. We'll play all the hits. All the Um, hits. All the hits. You know, (laughs) all the hits that we have on Top 40 Radio.
0: It, it expired box of chocolates.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's one of our top. I think that like charted at number twelve.
0: Uh... Oh, did it? You know no. what? I think so in the modern rock charts.
2: <laughs> I think so. Most people haven't heard it, but they've heard of it.
0: They've heard of it. Yeah, they've it's heard been, of it's expired been, box of chocolates. It's been floating around the ether. People are just kind of finding it randomly. <laughs> But Alex man, thank you so much for being on the podcast my man.
2: Yeah, dude, thanks again for having me. This is fun.
0: Oh, Hopefully yeah, People
2: enjoy my stories of <laughs> listening to Ramones and playing Tony Hawk.
0: Yeah. Uh when, when we wrap when we wrap this up and uh hold on tight. I I I'll, I'll cut the the later stuff off, but uh um I want to talk to you after we're we're done closing this up. Okay. Okay, man. Hey, again, Alex, thank you so much for being on, man. You enjoy the rest of your night, man.
2: All right, you too. Thanks.
0: You're welcome. Bye.
2: Bye.